I want to uh, go into a message that I really hope that you will take to heart, especially our young people, uh, but for everyone, take this word to, to heart. Father God, I just ask that you speak to us today from your word and minister to our lives. Greatness. Because you are great. In Jesus' name. Amen. I titled the message, Be All You Can Be for God. Be all you can be for God. Do not settle for anything less than what God created you to be on this earth. You only have one life to live. It's very short in terms of eternity. But don't leave this earth without becoming and doing everything God created you to do and to be. You can't do that. You have to do everything and rise up to where God wants you to to be. It's so easy to give up. It's so easy to make an excuse why you cannot be or do what God created you to do. There is a reason why you were born at this time. There is a reason why you are in church this morning to hear this message. Because God wanted you to hear it. He planned it from eternity so that you can hear that He has much for you to do and that you need to rise up, shake yourself, and begin to walk towards that goal that God set aside, created for you. For every one of us that God created, just like the Son, He created you for a purpose. The Son is to give light. You were created much bigger than the sun. Much more precious than the moon to God. You are somebody. He has a purpose for your life. You need to rise up. Find out from God what that purpose is. Why am I here? What am I supposed to accomplish? If you really talk to God, what He will tell you is not going to be something little. <laughs> it's going to be much bigger. Where you're crying out, God, I don't know about this. Could you help me? He said, he'll say back to you, that's why I created you. So I can help you to get to the place where I want you to be. It's so easy to settle. So easy to settle for less. And you come up with an excuse. As a Christian, be all you can be as an example for the Christians, for believers. Notice God is not calling us as Christians to rise up and be what we can be for the unbelievers alone. He wants you to be an example for the believers in the church. So you got to rise. You can make excuses. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12, it says, let no one despise your youth. Let no one despise your youth. But be an example 
to the believers first in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. He wants you to be that. He wants me and you, every one of us, to be an example, not to unbelievers, but for believers. And that's a tall order for us. You can't say, well, I can't be that. Let no man despise your youth, young people. Let no man despise your age. It's easy to say, well, I'm too old now. I can't. If I were young, I would have done that. Uh, but, but I'm too old now. I can't do these things. I wish I knew of all these things when I was younger. Let no man despise your age. Be, still be an example. God is not calling you to go alone. He is calling you. He is going with you. If you are only willing and obedient, He will take you where you... It's never too late. God can do in your life in one year what you've been doing, trying to do for 49 years. Just one day, one year. It transformed your life. They saw you last year and they see you now and they can believe what God has done. And you can tell them, God did it. God is willing to do that for us if we are willing to do it. Don't make excuses. Don't make excuses for yourself. If your age... Your race? Well, it's because I'm of this race. That's why I can't get ahead. Someone is always standing. And then for other groups, they say, well, it's reverse discrimination. That's why I can't make it. You cannot give an excuse. You have to be an example for the people of God and for the people of the world. You have to be that. You have to have that mindset. I am born for a reason. I am born to be an example. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Not this little light of mine. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. That's you. As an individual, God considers you salt of the earth. So without you, the world will not be tasty. (laughs) Amen. He made you that. And He says, rise up to that. Be an example in word. Be an example in what? As a Christian, you want to be an example to Christians? Know the Word of God. Be an example in the Word. In the Word of God. Study to show yourself approved of God. Don't make excuses because, well, I'm not educated. You can do something, you can still learn. There are tips. My, if, I, if I were educated or I had a master's degree, then I will make it in life. Liar, you still be as lazy as you're not kidding. <laughs> Has nothing to do with your master's degree. Has to do with what God has called you to do inside. Be an example in word. Let your word be good. Let people trust what you say. That's being an example. You're going to be there, you're trying to be there, and if you can't, you let them know, I can't because of this. It's understood. But let your word be good. Don't speak a word, be an example in word to believers. Don't speak a word and they say, he's just talking. That's not being an example, that's not what God created you to be. 
He wants more of you. When God gives His word, if we can trust, He comes through, right? God wants us to be children of God and to live like God on the earth. We can't be God, but we pursue after God, pursue after the example which Christ gave to us, and try to be like Him. And if we try even halfway, your word will be good in the world. And people will learn to trust what you say. Be an example to the believers in word, he says. In conduct, the way you carry yourself. Carry yourself with humility. Amen. Your conduct. The way people perceive your person. Do what it takes so that they see what Jesus was like. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He says, learn of me, because I'm meek, and I'm very humble. You want to rise? Be humble. Carry yourself that way. So be an example to the believers in your conduct. The way you carry yourself among believers. The way you do things in the house of God. The way you treat other Christians. The way you act in the house of God. Those things are so important. So your brothers can approach you and learn from you. You can't be that high. You know one thing that I learned. I I, I was amazed to see how the disciples were addressing the Son of God. Jesus said, "You, you know the way. You know where I'm going. And, and, and the way you know, we, say, we don't even know where you're going. How, how can we know the way? You remember that? They're talking to the Son of God. They were frustrated, but they were able to talk to Him. So you carry yourself so high, nobody can approach you. That's not the way to conduct yourself. That's not humility. People should be able to come to you. Amen? And, and you are part of the brethren. You are part of the group. You are one of them. Children of God. Be an example. Yes, they can see you ought to carry yourself this way. But the way you carry yourself, they admire it. Amen. And they say, wow, this is wonderful. It's a testimony. They know you should feel this way because that's the way the worldly people act. But then they see you in the house of God. We can't believe this. He gets them converted. Amen. He gets them to pray. God, I I want you to make me just like that man. I want you to do it. So he wants your word to be good. Your conduct. Be an example example to to the believers. In conduct. In love. In love. Jesus said, Do know that you are my disciples by the way you speak in tongues. Right? By your love. By your love. You know, if Jesus lives in you, the lover lives in you. Amen? You carry him everywhere you go. If it's a part of your life, you can love. If you don't love, you have chosen not to love. It's your choice as a believer. You as a Christian cannot say, I can't love. I have a hard time loving this person. Yeah. You have, you have a hard time because you choose to have a hard time loving the person. And God will respect that, but you never get any blessings from Him. We must be an example in love. The way you treat your brothers, the way you love them. 
they can tell not by words alone good words yes use words but they can tell the way you you're concerned how you feel they know you love them you know one of the greatest thing for me as a Christian when I was newly saved I just loved my Christian brothers they in my mind were my real brothers and sisters those from my family they are the other brothers <laughs> and sisters but this I enjoyed I mean you know how new Christians are you know Sometimes I pray to God, would you take me back to where, where I used to feel those days? I just love my Christian brothers. You touch them, I'll take you out. No, I'm I really love them. And as we sat down and ate our meals together, just rejoicing, talking about the things of God. We need to have more of that. We need to have more of that in the church. So they, ha- they know you love them. That's one thing, by the grace of God, my wife and I try to do here. We know that sometimes people may not agree with what we're doing and they want to separate, they want to go somewhere else. But we want to let them know they're loved. And sometimes I meet them. I have no feelings. I just felt like the season was over and they left. Amen? I have no bad feelings. And they tell me how good God has been to them. And I rejoice with them. And I get back home and I tell my wife, Hey, do you remember so-so? They're doing so well. Great. We are part of the same kingdom. Amen. And so they see me and they walk up to me and they talk to me. And we fellowship as believers. I love them. We had to go our separate ways. That's fine. Let them be where God wants them to be. Go where God wants you to be. It could be as a result of a little disagreement. But... The disagreement is because God wanted wanted the fellow out of here where, to the place where God wants them to be. Why should I keep them here? You get what I'm saying? So I can love them. Be an example in love. Be a lover. God called you to be that way. He says. He said, you know, love them as I have. Oh, that's a tall order. Think about it. It is very high. But that's what God is requiring from every one of us. He wants us to love the brethren, love the house of God, love the progress of the things of God, that we're willing to even give our lives for it. When you're that way, it's, not, it's really hard for you to get offended by anything. Because the Bible says, love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Even if it's going down and the fellow is acting bad, you're still hoping something good is going to come out of it. And you say to yourself, all things work together for good. You're not negative. You believe. You trust. You don't have any feeling of revenge. You want to help. Bible says... Be an example. Be all you can be when it comes to the question of love. Amen? Be all you can be when it comes to the question of conduct. Be all you can be for God when it comes to the words of your mouth. How good it is in the ears of the hearers. 
those things are very important. So he wants us to be that. In spirit. Be all you can be in God. In spirit. What does that mean? Are you excited about God? People can see. They can see. Jesus, the work of the kingdom consumed him. He says the zeal of God had taken over, consumed him. They could all see. Are you consumed? Can they see that in your life? That you are so passionate about the things of God, that spirit. When you start making excuses, we know what's going on there. The Spirit is not there. In Spirit, be an example. Be all you can be for God in Spirit. It's so important. When you start making excuses why you can do this for the things of God, why you can't go, why I can't do this, your spirit, check your spirit. When I was a new Christian, and still is being with me till today. They're doing something in the house of God, and I'm at home. Believe me, I'm not at home. My mind is thinking what they're doing. When I go on vacation, and it's Sunday, and I'm in my room, I'm, I can't go to any church, I'm still thinking, oh, they're worshipping God right now. He's always there. These things might not mean anything to most people, but these things, I believe, they are very important to God. You see, man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. When you have been made to do something for God, He knows it. The love for Him is not as strong. He's there. When you can just push God's thing aside, and you just do what you want to do and excuse it for whatever reason, God sees your heart. There are legitimate reasons why you can't. He knows. Everything is open and naked before Him. He knows. You can't fool Him. If you fool anyone, you're fooling yourself. That's why the Bible says, don't be deceived. Or, don't deceive yourself. God knows. You can't fool Him. He knows. When you start pulling back, and you know the, the devil doesn't let you know that your spirit is winning. If he lets you know, you immediately, oh no, and wake up. He won't let you know. It's like the frog that the, the frog you put in you know, cold water and you gradually heat it and it stays there until it's cooked. <laughs> but that's what happens. Slowly but surely, you're cutting corners. In spirit. You are not as fervent anymore. You used to pray, but you don't pray as much anymore. You used to pray every day, but now it's only uh, maybe once a week. Where is your spirit? You may think it doesn't show, nobody knows, but I guarantee you, a test is coming that's going to reveal that. That something is not right. But God wants you to be fervent in spirit. Be an example to the believers in spirit. Be all you can be in God, in your spirit. You know, a lot of people think, well, church attendance doesn't really matter. It's your heart. You're lying. You're lying to yourself. Church attendance matters. Reading the scriptures. 
Hebrews chapter 10. You can make any excuse, but you know, I want to get to him and be pleasing. Not say, Jesus, I've got to be okay because I was a pastor. So you've got to let me get everything. that. No, it's not going to work that way. Church attendance matters. It's not because I'm a pastor. I'm not saying you have to be in church every time. But what's your attitude? What's what's going on in your heart? Because that's where God is looking. When God specifically gives a command, you can't ignore it and it will be well with you. It's simple. I have to be truthful to you. You cannot ignore it and it will be well with you. Do not forsake, he says in Hebrews 10, I believe 25, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. And he wants you to do it even more these days because the day is approaching. And so he says, bring up that hand is hanging down. All of us have to wake up sometime and do something. We have to do, you know, be an example to believers in spirit. It's hard in the church to become a leader that people will follow when they can see plain deficiencies in your spiritual life in the things that people can see in the open. It's so important. People watch those things. It's important. And you can really be an influence, a strong influence, when they can see things that they believe you should be doing and you're not doing. And the kids are watching as well. Those things matter. So the Bible says, be an example in this. Be all you can be. Don't settle for less when it comes to your spirit. Your faith. How you believe God. How you react at home when things go bad. Do you just go to pieces? Or you stand believing God. You want to be all you want. You want to be a God created you to be with regards to faith. And impurity. That's how you live your life. Do all you can. We are not perfect, but you do all you can. Now, I'm going to go further, because this is just a very tiny part of my message today. The greatest hindrance for your spiritual life, for my spiritual life, is comparing yourself with others. You will destroy yourself that way. Never do that. If you compare your spiritual life with the unbelievers, you feel really good. Some of them don't go to church at all. You go. So you feel good about your life. But you're not meeting God's standard. When you compare yourself with other believers in the church, when you compare yourself as a preacher with other preachers, <laughs> all kinds of things happen. All kinds of things happen, and for the most part, none of them's good. You could get very satisfied with your spiritual life because you see, I do this, and at least I'm doing this, but that brother, he doesn't do that, so I'm okay. And that's a dangerous place to be in. That's why Paul said this. He said in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. You're going to feel good about yourself. I'm okay. I'm doing this work for God. I go out witnessing. I pray every morning. 
God is care about all of those things? You're supposed to do those things. Amen? You're supposed to do those things to keep your spirit alive. So doing that doesn't really matter. You're not doing anything more than what God requires. So they commend themselves. It says, but they're measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are what? They're not wise. You're stupid. You're dumb. When you compare your Christian life with another man's Christian life, you're just being stupid. For me, they're all the same. I thank God for the ones that are doing great work. I'm very grateful to God for them. But that's not what God called me to do. That's not what God called me to be. I have to be what God called me to be. And I've got to go and pursue after it with all of my heart. And He's going to bless me for obeying what He called me to do and called me to be. I just don't compare myself with anybody. I thought I was going to be T.D. Jakes. You heard it with my long journey. He doesn't work that way. I can't talk like him. Yeah, 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 I can't do that. My wife will probably tell me, quit that silly stuff you're doing in church now. Cut it out. But I've got to be myself. I've got to find out what God wants for me. When you compare yourself with others, it's easy to get discouraged. Because they're doing so well. And if it goes beyond that, you get critical of them. Jealous. I see a lot of jealousy. <laughs> they cut one another, you know, because of jealousy. Comparing yourself to that Christian Paul says is not wise. Don't do it. Find what God wants you to be. It's good for you to provoke by seeing other people. You see them and you say, I want to be like that. That's good. That's good. I want to do more. I want to do more just like that brother is doing. But not comparing yourself with them and say, well, I guess uh, uh, I'm not doing that good. I, I, I can never make. No. God created you and you have the same Holy Spirit and you can be just like they are and even more. Let them be your example of what you want to be and beyond. Amen? And don't cut, cut yourself down. So you don't want to compare yourself with others. Secondly, you need to dream big. Be all you can be for your God. Just reading your Bible and praying and doing, that's not enough. You can be more. Dream big. Let it be bigger than what you can handle. So that when God does it, everyone knows it's God that's done it. You got to dream big. You know in Ephesians, and I'm going to read from New Century Version. He says, with God's power working in us. He's God's power working in you, of course. God's power is working in you. If you're saved, if you're not saved, then His power is not working in you. But once you are saved, that power is there. And it's not just sitting there. The power is at work. It's working in you. If you are a born again Christian, God's power is at work in your life. If you say, no, you're a liar. God says His word, His word He's working in your life. He says, with God's power working in us, God can do much 
much more than anything we can ask or imagine. God's power is at work in your life. More. God's word, power is at work in your life. Give Him room. That power is at work looking for avenues to, to direct that power. To. You do that with your dreams. Your imagination. It's at work wanting to accomplish something great. Much more than you can imagine. You have been limited today by your imagination. According to the word of God. The only thing that's holding you down is not that husband or that wife. Or that employer, the one that's holding you down, according to the word of God in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, your imagination. You can get out of it. Go as far as you can imagine for God. There's a story in the Old Testament, it's a unique story. Do everything that you can for God and dream big. But let me read this scripture first, Isaiah 54 verse 2 and 3. It says, make your tent bigger. God saying that. And I'm reading from the New Century Version. Make your tent bigger. Stretch it out. And make it wider. Do not hold back. Make the ropes longer. And its stakes stronger. Because you will spread out. What is God saying? Hey, you are going to spread out. I mean, not spread out this way. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> God's going to bless you. Much. God is the one telling you to do that. God's not going to do that for you. He's not going to make your tent bigger. It's your imagination and what you want God to do for you that's going to make that bigger. Make it bigger. Stretch it out. Because you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your children will take over other nations. And they will again live in cities that once were destroyed or desolate. That's you and for your children. You understand? What I dream today for God is going to affect my child. Amen. If I can dream big for God, if I can stretch out, what happens to me, the children will go beyond that and they'll start occupying, according to the word of God, nations. The thing about us believers, we hear that and we say, that's nice. That's good verse. It's really nice. We don't think about what God is saying. Did he mean what he said? Is he willing to put his power behind that for us? So what are you imagining? What are you imagining? Never quit. Set a goal. You see, if you have no dream, you walk aimlessly in life. If your dream is small, you will accomplish it so quickly, and then for the rest of your life, you walk aimlessly. Just like the one who has no dream. So dream about something much Bigger than yourself. With regards to God. In your area that God has called you to. If you are working for a business. Think about owning the business. 
or owning your own business, what stops you from dreaming about that? God is able to do exceedingly above all you can ask or imagine. It's really up to you. You're limiting yourself. You give him your five loaves, he'll feed 5,000 people. But you need to give him that imagination. And let God walk through that. There's a story about Elijah, and I'm going to close with that because of time. There was a story about Elijah. And why I'm giving this story is this. Set your goal. There will be obstacles. Constant. Don't let the obstacles stop you. Climb on the obstacle and go higher. Don't let them stop you. Persist in what God has given to you in your heart. I can't tell you what God's given to you. He created you. Talk to Him if you are in doubt. He's going to let you know. And He's going to put the dreams inside of you. And then pursue the dream with everything that you have. The Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with what? All of your might. When you're not doing it with all of your might, God's not in it. Because you don't even believe the dream. If you believe the dream, you do it with all of your might. And God will be there with you. His power taking you to your destiny. He created that for you. Now, the story was of, of Elijah. Uh, Elisha. He was speaking to a king. And you can find that in Second Kings chapter 13. And I'm going to close with that. 18 and 19. He said, Elisha said, Take the arrows. He was talking to a king. So, Jehoash took them. Then Elijah sa- Elisha said to him, Strike the ground. I'm sure the, preach- the king was looking. Strike the ground. I want to strike my enemies, not the ground. <laughs> he said, Strike the ground. And, uh, so Joash struck the ground three times and he stopped. The man of God was angry with him. He said, you should have struck five or six times. Elijah said, then you would have struck Aram until you had completely destroyed it. But now you will, de- you will defeat it only three times. You see, many times... God calls us and we have a vision of what God wants us to do. And we, we attack the vision and then we meet with obstacles and we quit. And we say to ourselves, I guess I just dreamed that up by myself. God is not in it. I don't think I would be able to accomplish this. <laughs> the Bible is telling us, go for it. Amen. Go for it. Keep attacking. Don't quit. No matter what, keep your dream in focus. Keep it there. I'm going. If God with me, who can be against me? I'm getting there. Nobody's going to stop me. They knock you down and you are up. My youth pastor gave me this story. A boxer can be knocked down, right? But he hasn't lost the fight. He'll lose the fight if he stays down. But if he stands back up, he's still in the fight, right? And I've seen boxing where they knocked down the champion. Champion got up immediately, got mad, and knocked the other guy out. And the guy, he's the one that's standing that wins. Amen? So, take your dream. 
The Bible says God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or even imagine. What's stopping us is we don't imagine great things. I don't like to imagine great things. And I'm imagining great things for the Ark Fellowship. And I'm being very real with you. I know our limitations, you know. I've had people come, and, 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 and some of you probably experienced that. And they come and they, they, they sit in church and they say, Well, I listened to pastor, but I couldn't understand one word he was saying. That's not funny. <laughs> and, and I hear it. And then I could tell myself, God, I can do this. The Americans can't even understand the word I'm saying. How am I going to be a preacher in America? Why don't you change my accent and they'll hear me and I'll do a good job? I'm from Africa. Why didn't you send me to Africa? Do you understand? Sometimes God puts you in a place where you don't really want. And it's easy to quit. Amen? But you know, if the Spirit of God is working inside of you, there is no reason to quit. When they come back the second time, God will open their ears and they can hear me very well. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Yes. So I encourage myself in that. Not the first one that they said. Amen. God will work with you. Amen. Don't give up your dream. Hold fast, the Bible says. Hold fast to what God has given to you. Go after it. He has a good plan for you. I pray for members of the Ark Fellowship because this is where God has given me to work. I pray for you constantly. I pray for our children. And I'm believing God's going to make these children so great. I'm believing senators are going to... I'm going to speak it in Jesus' name. Senators are going to be coming from this place. I even dare to believe God for a president. While he's up there speaking to the world, I say, you know, I taught that fellow everything that he knows. I gave him good wisdom. While he was at church, I showed him. I'm telling you, I did it. Now, to him be all the glory. Our children are going to be great. I dare to believe it and, as, and imagine it. I see them as senators sending their ties to the pastor. Amen. <laughs> and the more they send, the more I bless them. Amen. I enjoy it. Because God with you. God is with you. God is with you. Believe it. If you believe it, He's right there. If you don't believe it, you dishonor Him. He said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But He's not standing around you for nothing. Give Him something to accomplish with you. Amen? Imagine something greater than yourself. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You want to be everything that you can be for God. 
Let me ask you this. And there is a scripture where Jesus talked to, uh, asked this man, What do you want me to do for you? You know that scripture? Do you know that Jesus is here this morning? He said, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. If I can give you a word that whatever you ask him, because he's here, he is going to answer and give that to you. What would you ask him to do for you? Say, Pastor, give me one week to think about it. That means you haven't been thinking for a while. What is it? And believe me, by faith, I believe Jesus is standing right by you right now. I want you to speak to him. And I want you to tell him what you really want him to do for you. What will that be? In reverence before our Lord God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Joseph, He's standing right by you right now because He cannot lie. What do you want Him to do for you? What's your heart's desire? Because the scripture says, The desires of a righteous man shall be granted. God will not go back on His word. What is it that you want God to do for you? Let's close our eyes. Bow our heads before God. And quietly in your heart, tell Him what you want to be for Him. That will give Him glory on the earth. When people see what He has done, they will give glory to God. They will see your good works. And they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. What is it? And may the Lord our God, may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may He give to you whatever you are desiring from Him right now. May the God of the Ark Fellowship, His church, May He grant to you whatever you are asking from Him right now. May whatever you are asking from Him be settled in heaven. As the Word of God is settled in heaven. And in the promise that God has Himself made to you in particular. He made a covenant with you. You are a covenant child of God. Whatever you've asked today, may the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob give it to you in due time. And may it be a blessing to you, to your family, to those around you, and to the whole world, to the church. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. You're so faithful and you're so good. It's your desire to bless your people so that we can, from their heart, sing unto you in praises that the Lord is good and that His mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father. 
for hearing our prayers today. We expect great changes in our future. We expect great goodness in our future. Because of you, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. We're dismissed.